welcome to another episode of Spirited. Two in one week. Uh, we're doing good this week. Um, today is my oldest son's birthday. So I decided it would be fun to kind of um, go back and relive that day and talk about my uh, labor and delivery and birth story with him. Um, I think it'll be especially interesting because I had an unmedicated home birth. Um, and so I know that a lot of people are startled when I say that. And I think it would be interesting. Um, I just, after he was born at some point, I don't recall when, I wrote or typed up a birth story so that I could remember the details for years to come when it's just, you know, generaliz generalized memories. And so I just spent the past few minutes reading it. And it's really funny to me, the amount of detail that I relay and put together. Um, so for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into in this episode why I chose to have a home birth. Um, I think that might be more helpful with its own dedicated episode. Um, so that will come at a later time. But today I'm just going to discuss um, my experience with my first um, labor and delivery and how it went. I'll probably read some excerpts from my typed um, birth story and at other times, you know, just go from memory or add to it. But I think the typed birth story is a good template to work from. Um, so two episodes ago, I talked about my miscarriage. Um, that was it, December 3rd of 2015. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant with my oldest son at the end of March and was due December 11th of 2016. So I was I thought it was really neat and special that um, what one year that month meant um, in 2015, it meant death and sorrow and loss. The very next year, I felt it was um, a God thing that our firstborn would be due uh, right around that same time. And so what was once a reminder of death would be forever a reminder of life and God's faithfulness. So like I said, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between um, the birth story and my memory. So hopefully it's not um, too confusing. But so I was due uh, December 11th and I quickly realized uh, why some people never share their due date. <laughs> Like my sister, for example, I remember when she uh, was pregnant with her third baby, um, she wouldn't tell us when he was due. Um, he just, or uh, she would just say, oh, he's due mid-June. And I was always like, like, why can't you give a date? And I learned very quickly uh, why, because due dates mean absolutely nothing. Um <laughs> And especially for like first time parents, you, I guess, even though I knew that there was no guarantee that our baby would be born on that day, it was just like that day represented 
you know, something was going to happen. And then when that day comes and goes, it's, um, it's pretty frustrating. But what's more frustrating is when other people know your due date. And that's where we kind of come in with this birth story here. Um, I turned 40 weeks on Sunday, December 11th. Every day, someone was asking if I felt anything or if labor had started yet. My family had made bets on when baby would get here, and all of them guessed a week or more late. Oh, by the way, we did not find out um, the sex of our baby. We wanted to be surprised. So every time I say baby in here, it's because we did not know if we were having a boy or a girl. Um, how could they wish that on me? My very hormonal mind thought. <laughs> I'm like writing a fiction book or something. Um, the days came and went and still nothing. I tried to soak up all the alone time I had left with Kevin that we wouldn't have again for a while. It was just us for the last time. Every night, Kevin and I drove to downtown Jonesboro in the cold and walk around to try to progress me. There was a hill next to the candle shop that I'd walk up and down. Sometimes I'd try to run or at least jog it. Wednesday, I had my appointment with my midwife at 40 weeks and four days. The week before, Diet had told me, that's my midwife, that I was one centimeter dilated and 80% effaced. This week, I was still one centimeter dilated, but I was only 50% effaced. I asked how I went back in effacement, and she said that I had probably had a Braxton Hicks contraction while she was checking me the week before, which made me seem more progressed than I was. My heart and my attitude sank. On the way home, I called my mom sobbing. I truly felt like baby would never come. I had no idea what contractions felt like to know when I was going into labor. I had never given birth before. All I knew up until this point was pregnancy. And at this point, it felt like pregnancy would literally last forever. I couldn't see how I could go into labor because I had never experienced it before. My sister called me to calm me down and assured me that my body knew what it was doing. Baby would eventually come when he or she was ready. I remember this feeling so vividly because I like I didn't know what labor was as much as I was surrounded by women who had given birth many, many times and they would describe it. It's just something you have no idea until you go through it yourself. Like so much of life, like you can get advice from people, you can empathize with people's stories and you can try to glean what you can, but it just, none of it makes sense until you experience it yourself. So I truly felt like, like I know it sounds dramatic, but I truly felt like I would never give birth. Like I definitely felt like it would never happen. Um, so she, my sister, encouraged me to do what relaxed me, take a bath, eat some dessert, rest and watch a movie or have sex if that's what relaxed me. Um, so that's what I did. I took a hot bath and curled up on the couch with some Dr. Pepper and some cookies and watched NCIS. I was almost at the end of the series up until that point. I think it was like season 12 or something. Um, and I knew the, ser- the season finale was when Ziva was going to leave. Um, so I was like really into it and trying to finish it before having the baby. Um, the next morning I woke up and begun had begun losing my mucus plug. Finally some evidence that my body was moving closer to having this baby. I decided to go to the mall and walk around to hopefully induce me. The, it's so funny reading this now because I'm like, I went to the mall 
just to walk around. Like I didn't run in with a mask on and run right back out. It's so funny um, thinking about a time when things were very normal. Um, throughout the day, I continued to lose little chunks at a time, sometimes a little bloody, but no contractions other than occasional Braxton Hicks. That night, Kevin asked me to go to work with him on Friday. There wouldn't be many more opportunities for me to go with him once baby came. I told him it depended on how well I slept. At that point in pregnancy, um, I was waking up throughout the night to pee. Um, and the good thing, I, so this was like mid-December. I was done with finals. So I didn't have anywhere to be. So I was sleeping in till like noon every day, like 11 o'clock or noon, um, just getting as much sleep as I possibly could. I mean, I slept that long uninhibited before I was pregnant, but um, especially then. So I wanted, if I was going to go into labor, I wanted to get as much sleep as I could. Um so Friday morning, I woke up early for no apparent reason, so I decided it was a sign that I should go to work with Kevin. We spent the day driving around to and from his accounts. I finally got to meet a customer of a Kevin's that they've been doing for decades. They're one of their first customers, and they're really, really special, almost like family. And so I, I had known them by name but had never met them before, and so I finally got to meet them. As the day went on, I got more and more uncomfortable and more and more irritable. At his last stop, I got angry because he took too long to do his job. I remember this. I remember just, I was so uncomfortable because I, I hadn't really been walking. I was just riding around in his work truck um, all day long. And I was just so uncomfortable and over it. And apparently, I like remember what this house looked like. And... Um, I was just so angry. <laughs> What's funny is because I, I didn't remember any of these details up until reading this. So this is kind of fun for me to, to think back on. Kevin dropped me off at our apartment before taking his truck back to his parents' house. I immediately went upstairs to our bedroom, took off all my clothes as I was as if I was ridding myself of the day and got into bed. Like full on temper tantrum. I called my mom crying and venting. Once Kevin got home, I immediately switched from angry to sad. I had ruined what was supposed to be a great day together with my attitude. I started crying again and was super apologetic to Kevin. I felt like I was experiencing the most intense PMS and mood swings of my life. That night, Kevin and I were watching NCIS on the couch. At 10.45, I realized I had been feeling a strange sensation in my lower back every so often for the past 45 minutes. It wasn't painful, but it wasn't my usual lower back pain either. Kevin was asleep on the couch. I decided to start paying attention to how often I felt it. They were coming around every 10 minutes. Sometime between 11 and 12, I woke Kevin and told him I thought this could be the beginning stages. At 12 a.m., Kevin and I went to bed. If this was labor, we wanted to get as much sleep as possible. 2.15 a.m., I woke up from a contraction. Nervous and excited, I couldn't go back to sleep. I began to time my contractions. They were varying every 10 minutes, 6 minutes, 8 minutes, 7 minutes, 9 minutes, minutes, etc. Most of them lasted around 20 to 30 seconds. At 3 a.m., I woke Kevin up. We started getting supplies together and everything ready. So a few weeks before, around 36 to 37 weeks, I got a 
or I ordered a home birth box basically from a manufacturer that my midwife recommended that supplied us with um, a lot of the necessary supplies. So, um, gosh, I can't even remember what all was in it, but just like almost like uh, puppy pads, like the things that you lay on the floor um, that your dog like pees on or whatever. Um, and kind of like medical supplies, um, a lot of pads. Um, and we had also ordered, which this is really difficult to find in December, but we ordered a blow up swimming pool, um, to be able to have a water birth. So we set that up in the nursery. And, um, so we had it blown up already. Um, and then we bought a water hose to hook up to our shower and that's how we put in hot water. And then um, we bought spare sheets and towels uh, that we didn't mind getting dirty and spare um, like really like cheap $1 shower curtain liners. And so what we did was we uh, put the shower curtain liners um, on our bed and we put trash bags over our pillows. And then on top of those, we put the new sheets. Um, that way our bed and pillows and stuff were not going to get any sort of <laughs> dirt or fluid or blood or whatever on them. Um, and so Kevin started setting that kind of stuff up. Um, I tried watching the season finale of NCIS to keep me occupied, but I couldn't really concentrate. Um, I was on a, one of those, um, like bouncing uh, like yoga balls. I was like bouncing on one of those. Um, at 4am I told my family I'm in labor as contractions were consistent, growing more painful and increasing in duration. Around six, I called my midwife and the lower body shakes had begun. Um, this was something that I didn't, uh, know was a thing and just my whole body. I was so cold. My whole body was was shaking uncontrollably. Um, around 8.30, Donna, my doula, arrived and checked me. I was three centimeters dilated. Um, after this, I didn't pay attention to the time anymore. Once contractions were consistently three minutes apart, Donna let me get into the pool to labor. It was kind of cold since the water had been in there for a little while, which made my body shakes even worse. Wendy, my other doula, arrived and was helping me to relax through each contraction. The cold water and body shakes made it extremely difficult to keep my body relaxed during contractions. I remember this very vividly because um, I, when I got in the pool, it was cold. Like Kevin had filled it up with hot water uh, probably several hours before and it had gotten cold. Um, so I got in there and there wasn't a ton of water in there. So I wasn't fully covered. I was naked. And, and so it was just kind of all bad. So it was really, really impossible for me to stay relaxed, um, which is really important with contractions because if you tense up, you don't allow the energy of what your body is doing to work. So like your body is contracting to push the baby down and dilate the cervix. But if you tense up, um, you aren't fully letting the contractions do its work. And so it's actually counterproductive 
um, even though it feels like it feels like you're doing the right thing by like trying to minimize pain, um, it's actually counterproductive to labor because the quicker you allow the contractions to do their work, the quicker you'll dilate, the quicker you'll be able to get birth and the quicker it'll be over. So it's a real mind trip. Um, I remember my sister telling me like, let like envision the contraction, like going through your body, like watch it in your mind, like go down through your belly, down through your cervix and out like that kind of thing. So that looking back, I, I get it, but I didn't then like, it gave me a purpose and it, it would have given me context for my contractions. It would have given me a better perspective of it and helped me to um, allow them to do its work. So this whole time, my contractions would start as back pain, like sharp, intense back pain. And so I didn't really feel all of the crampy lower front contractions that um like cramps that that I had heard people describe it it was all intense back pain so I was very quickly getting fatigued and one of the most like incredible things that happened was my second doula with whom I had never met she was training to be a midwife and so as you're training like you have to do um (laughs) like a residency almost like you have to go and participate in births and so a doula is a birthing coach they don't technically they're not technically licensed to do anything medical related but they um help you labor they give you comfort they they're incredible um and so Wendy I remember was sitting on the outside of the pool next to me and every time a contraction would come she would run her finger from my forehead down my nose and would just because I would, I would tense up and I would scrunch my nose together and like I would furrow, furrow my brows. And so there was, I was holding a lot of tension in my forehead and in between my eyes. And so when a contraction would come and I'm cold and I'm shaking and my back is on fire, she would run her finger from the middle of my forehead down my nose, almost like you do for a sleeping baby or like a, a child that's really tired that you want them to go to sleep. And that was huge for me it sounds like such a little thing but she had told me like when you feel me do this that's your cue to relax and it was so helpful and so um at some point while I was in in the tub I stalled and the water was really cold and so I remember Kevin and my doulas were legit boiling water downstairs on our stove and um like in pots and bringing them up and dumping them in in the pool. What's funny is I, if I take baths, which is rare, but whenever I'm bathing of some kind, shower or bath, like I prefer almost scalding hot water. So, which isn't healthy for babies. And so (laughs) we didn't want the water to be that hot, but that's like what I was used to. So anything less than that is a cold bath to me, basically. So they were doing everything they could to heat me up, heat the pool up. Um, yet I'm not sure what time I purposefully after I got in the pool did not pay attention to the time because I didn't want to know how long it had been like I wanted my endurance to not be predicated on how long it was going because I knew if I looked at the clock and it was like 
oh my gosh, it's only been an hour. Like I would lose whatever endurance I had left. And so I was very purposeful to not keep an eye on the time. So at some point, Diet got there. She slept in a little bit because she had been up the entire 24 hours before with a different birth. So the doulas got there. And so she slept until, um, until she was rested enough to be able to come. And so when she got there, she checked me and I was between four and five centimeters. And I thought, there is no way I can do this if contractions are already this painful and I'm only five centimeters. Um, And so being in the water for that long can stall your labor. And that's what it did for me. So Diet made me get out and go labor on the toilet, like facing the toilet, sitting down, which was awful. It was excruciating because what it does is it opens your pelvic floor. It opens up your pelvis because your legs are in your knees kind of go up a little bit. You're kind of sitting at a bit of a, um, an angle. Um, and so it, it made things so much worse. I remember sitting in there and Kevin would rub my back during contractions and, and I was in there for probably at least 30 minutes, if not an hour. Um, and yeah, had me go lay down in my bed. Um, and she wanted to check me. She wanted to feel inside my cervix for what was causing the stall. Um, contractions were really, really bad at this point. Like I, I, I was just so exhausted. Um, and she checked me and I was seven to eight centimeters. Um, and she found that the baby's chin was stuck. Um, looking back, I think that baby was anterior, which was causing the excruciating back labor and why I wasn't progressing like I should have been. Baby's head wasn't positioned in the right way for the forehead to be up against my cervix to dilate me. So my con- so my contractions were working extra hard, yet accomplishing nothing. In addition, baby's back was up against my back, causing the additional back pain. So she had me lay on my side to rest for a little bit. Um... And legit, Kevin and I were so exhausted that we were falling asleep between contractions because I was on two hours of sleep and had been laboring for a very long time. I didn't know the time. Um, After a few contractions came and went, Wendy had me get on all fours on the bed with my chest close to the bed and my bottom up in the air. So like a downward facing dog, basically. Um... And this was to help get baby unstuck so that he or she could get in the right position to dilate me all the way. This position was excruciatingly painful. Like, I have never experienced pain like this. I don't know if it was because I was inverted and so contractions were trying to push the baby down, but I was, the gravity was also pulling the baby up. I don't know. It was crazy. I've never experienced pain like that before. Um... If, if there had been any sort of option for an epidural or medication at this point, I would have taken it. I would have done anything. And I remember thinking, like, am I going to have to go to the hospital? Um, but while I was on all fours thinking, like, that I, I legit cannot do this anymore, I back in high school, um, or maybe it was younger than that, Maybe my, I think maybe my sister was in high school, I can't remember, um, my mom, my sister, and I would go running because uh, my sister played 
uh, collegiate soccer. And so she's like super fit and exercises and runs and stuff. And, and so she would drag me to go with her. I hate running more than anything. And, um, I remember her telling me when I was like tapped out, can't go anymore. (laughs) She would always tell me, you'll always pass out before you die of pain. And so when I'm on all fours on my bed in labor, I remember like her voice came into my head and said, you will always pass out before you die of pain. And like right after I had that thought, my, with a contraction, my water broke and it, it was like a balloon popped. Like it, it was kind of, it was startling and, um, water and fluids and blood gushed all over the bed. They had put down some of those puppy pads under me just in case. Um, cause I was bleeding before, which was a good sign because it meant I was dilating. Um, so there was blood coming and then my water broke. And I remember this vividly too. Like as soon as the water broke, I felt almost like a, uh, a pendulum. Like I felt the baby's head immediately like hit my cervix, like like that my the sack was preventing the baby from kind of hitting my cervix um, all the way. And so as soon as the water barrier was gone, it was like, boom, baby's head hit my cervix. And immediately I like felt it open and felt immediately the need to push. And I just started yelling, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And what I didn't know was that my midwife had just left because it was like the afternoon or I guess this was, sorry, my, it was that 2.55 or 3 o'clock. And um, my, what I did know is that my midwife had just left to go get food for her and my doulas. And she had another client that she needed to check in on. And since I wasn't really progressing, I had stalled. She was like, you know, I'll be back in a little bit. And so it had literally been two minutes since she left and they had to call her back and be like, her water broke. She's pushing. Let's go. But they kept telling me like, you can't push yet because we need, Diet needs to check and make sure you're, you're 10 centimeters. Um, and so she got, she got right back there to check me. I had run, um, to the, the pool again, was in the pool and it, all fours was just what felt most comfortable to me. Um, and when Diet got there, she wanted me to, like she needed to check me, but I don't know if it was just exhaustion or hormones or adrenaline, but I remember when we had um, like a class, like a birthing class when I was 37 weeks with my doula Donna, um, she said, that at the end, like your brain basically doesn't work. I don't remember like the scientific reasoning, but um, that's what happened. Like I, I couldn't understand words. Genuinely, I couldn't understand anything anyone was saying. And so Diet was just asking me to get from the middle of the pool over to the edge so that she could check how dilated I was. And I, I could not understand her <laughs> at all. Um, but finally she, we were able to figure it out. Um, she checked me. I was 10 centimeters. I was good to go. And so I remember them talking about how first time moms generally have a hard time with pushing and that sometimes it takes a while. Um, 
but that wasn't my experience. It was almost like I was glad to be pushing because before contractions felt like all of this painful energy was coming, but it had nowhere to go. But when I was pushing, it felt like there was an obvious exit for all of that energy. Um, so I started pushing around three-ish, I guess. Um, and um, <laughs> he was coming really quickly. Um, it only took a few contractions. But I remember as his head was getting ready to come out, I remember <laughs> saying, oh, this is what the ring of fire is is all about <laughs> like or now I get why it's called the ring of fire something like that um and and he was born at 326 I was on all fours so I couldn't see anything um and so Diet caught him and um held him up for Kevin to uh see if it was a boy or a girl and Kevin just whispers in my ear it's a boy and I was honestly just so relieved for it all to be over. I remember just leaning up against the pool and they laid him on me and I couldn't even look at him for a while. It was just like, thank God it's over. It was just so, so much. Um, and I just was so grateful that it was over. I I hadn't even thought the entire time I was in labor. I The thought of, oh, I'm going to find out if, if this is a boy or a girl – literally never once crossed my mind um but we we wanted a boy and so we were so happy that he was a boy um so I started labor around 10 I guess that's when it like the very first inkling started but I would say active labor or more consistent labor didn't start until closer to like three in the morning so it I I would say I was at like I had like 13 hours of consistent labor. So Landon was born on December 17th, 2016. Um, he was eight pounds, four ounces, 21 inches long. And um, it was wild <laughs> to say the least. Um, they got me out of the water. They had to like carry me basically and get into bed. And, um, cause they didn't want me to birth my placenta in the, um, in the pool and, um, just all the aftermath, um, was really kind of wild. And I remember being like, I'm never having any more kids like ever. We wanted four. And after having Landon, I was like, no way. <laughs> like he might be an only child. Like I, I'm not doing that again. Um, but I had, um, thankfully, no vaginal tearing. I did have labia tearing, which I didn't know was a thing. But I had, like, five different places that I had to be stitched up, um, which is crazy. Um, with And the stitches looked great, really, really, really weird. And so I, I remember joking to Kevin that it looked like the bat cave in there. Because um, <laughs> what's really wild, too is like aside from when I was first learning to um, uh, put in a tampon, I had never like looked at my vagina until after I had given birth, which is, I would not recommend that. <laughs> I would not recommend that being the first thing you see. Um, 
but overall, like it was incredibly painful and, um, but I was very proud of myself and, and glad that, um, I ch- didn't have any medication or that I did it at home. And in another episode, I'll talk about my decisions for both of those. Cause I think those are very personal decisions. And just cause I did it one way, doesn't mean that others should or would have to. Um, so I'm not pushing that on you, but I felt very, um, strongly that, that that was what I needed to do for my, my baby and myself. Um, but it was a wild, wild ride. And I remember after Diet and my doulas left and, um, my parents had driven down from Ohio all throughout the day and were waiting at my in-laws house. And so they all came over and, and saw, saw him and, saw us and they left. And I remember once everyone left, it was just this overwhelming, like, well, crap, what do we do now? (laughs) And, uh, it was just us at home. It was wonderful. I got to take, uh, when, when the doulas were there and Diet was there, I got to take a shower in my own shower. I got to go to sleep in my own bed. I didn't have like nurses coming in and out, waking us up. It was really peaceful. Um, but it was still just like, well, crap, we're, we're on our own. Like, what do we do? Um, we weren't actually on our own. His mom came over the next day and spent the day with us and helped us with laundry and food and all the stuff. But, but yeah, um, today's my little boy's fourth birthday and, Every year we um, we write a letter to him from each of us, my husband and myself, and we set it aside and one day we'll give them these letters and just talking about kind of what this last year has been, what their favorite, what his favorite things have been, um, fun things that we've experienced together and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm really glad though that I wrote down this birth story because it, it includes a lot of things that I don't typically remember when I think about his labor. Um, you know, it's true that you forget as time goes on, you forget the pain, you forget like the tangible feelings, you forget the minute details, but it's really special to look back and to remember and, and, um, cause it's, it's just so special and it brings me appreciation. Um, not only for him, um, but for my mom, it, it was like, my mom did this six times. <laughs> like what? Um, it, it has given me also a sense of on kids' birthdays to celebrate their moms, um, whether they are their biological moms or their adoptive moms or foster moms or whoever, but whoever's taking care of them, what that day means for the mom is, is very special too. And so, that's something I've taken with me, uh, since being a mom is the day. Yes. Is about celebrating the child and the day that they were born, but there's also celebration to be had for the mom that brought them into this world. Um, so I'm just grateful and I love him so much. And this has been fun. I hope this has been interesting to you. Um, just you wait until my second born's birth story when it's his birthday and I share his birth story y'all are in for a ride um but yeah 
thanks for listening. I hope that this has been enjoyable for you. Um, If you have any questions or any input, feel free to leave a review. Um, If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, um, I can't really see any feedback otherwise. But if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, feel free to leave a review there. Um, And yeah, uh, I feel like I never know how to end one of these, but um, I hope you have a great day. Happy birthday, Landon. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye.